Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin, and I welcome you as we dive into God's Word and our faith to help us through these trying times. I hope that you will find something of value here, whether or not you're a member of a church or a faith community. This week, I'm going to talk about those times when our troubles seem to pile up one on another until it seems like there's no way out. I don't have any easy answers, but together we can make a start. So let me begin with a reading from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Now, I urge you to be patient. It will take us a little while to unpack what this Bible verse says. Paul writes, No testing has overtaken you that's not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out, so that you may be able to endure it. Here is the reading. This week I was referred to a man who had just lost his wife and needed someone to talk to. I called Joe and expressed the usual condolences that we all give when first greeting someone who's just experienced a loss especially someone we don't know personally, and he started sharing his story with me. His wife of 32 years had died unexpectedly of a heart attack. I always thought I would be the one having the heart attack, he said almost apologetically. But that wasn't his only burden. Joe's son, who lives in the state of Washington, was hospitalized this week with lung problems resulting from COVID-19. Joe's daughter is in jail for drug-related crimes, and her two children are in foster care. We didn't have a service for Mom, he said, but the guy from the funeral home said a prayer at the grave. Maybe we'll have a get-together when this COVID thing is over. Oh, and by the way, Joe suffers from heart problems himself and is unable to work and deeply in debt. Joe and I talked for over an hour, and when I hung up, My mind was swirling with questions and emotions. I know that our Bible verse says that God never gives us more than we can handle. But really? I don't know what condition I would be in if I were in Joe's situation. Like everybody else, I'm dealing with challenges and the isolation due to the pandemic. But many people like Joe have other trials and tribulations piled on top of their COVID-related worries. And when I hear stories like his, I wonder, what else could go wrong? How do people get through these multiple tragedies? I also think that even when the pandemic is controlled, which it will be, other problems will be waiting for us in the wings. So now I begin to worry, when is something like this going to happen to me? and my family. As I tried to process the feelings that my conversations with Joe had stirred up in me, I was not unsurprisingly reminded of the story of Job in the Old Testament. Job gets a quadruple whammy. He's sitting there minding his own business, and a messenger comes in to breathlessly inform Joe that the Sabaeans, an ancient Arabian tribe, had attacked one of his farms and carried off his oxen and killed his servants. Before this messenger is done talking, a second messenger appears to tell him that fire fell from heaven and burned up his sheep and another group of his servants. 
and while he was still speaking, a third messenger appears to tell him that another tribe, the Chaldeans, had raided another of his farms, carried off his camels, and killed the servants who were tending them. And then, well, you guessed it, while that messenger was still speaking, a fourth appears with the worst news of all. A great wind blew down the house of his eldest son while he was partying with his brothers and sisters, and they were all killed. In other words, in the course of just a few minutes, Job learned that he had lost everything of any value or importance to him, his material wealth as well as all of his children. Now, you would think that things couldn't get any worse, but you would be wrong. As he begins to mourn his losses, he is inflicted with itching, burning sores from head to foot. Sounds like an extreme case of the heartbreak of psoriasis or shingles brought on by all the stress. He's so tormented by the sores that he scrapes himself with a broken piece of pottery and rubs dirt in his sores in order to get some relief. The balance of the book of Job deals with how he and his friends try to make some sense out of why all of this bad stuff has befallen him. Job even ends up in an argument with God. Now in the end, he humbles himself and confesses that as a human being, he's incapable of understanding the inner workings of God in the universe, and he asks for forgiveness. God responds to his humility by restoring his fortunes twofold, although the story fails to explain how one's children could ever be replaced. When we read stories like this in the Bible, we're able to maintain some emotional distance. We're separated by time and space from Job and his tragedies, and they don't seem all that real. Our own problems are more immediate and all too real. All of us are experiencing losses and hardships due to the COVID-19 crisis, some of us more than others. But I also know that many of you, like Joe, are facing other physical and emotional health issues, serious financial hardship, and family and relationship problems at the same time. Frankly, COVID might be the least of your worries right now. Some of us rival Job for the amount of suffering in our lives. Is there any biblical wisdom that can help us? Are there any principles of faith to which we can turn? Let's think about it a bit. After having read the book of Job many times over the years, invested many hours pondering its meaning, and reading the comments of biblical scholars and preachers, I realize this is a pretty simple story. And I've come to the conclusion that Job was right. We are dwarfed by the immense mysteries of the workings of God in the universe, and we're incapable of understanding them. Now this realization humbles us. But as the old country song says, O oh Lord, it's hard to be humble. Humility is hard. It doesn't come naturally to most of us. But the story of Job teaches us that it behooves us to try to be humble. It helps to be humble. You've probably heard the phrase, the patience of Job. I think it should be the humility of Job.
Well, where's the comfort in being humble? Humility comforts us by removing the burden of torturous self-reflection. Obsessing on trying to figure out if and why God has caused these bad things to happen is futile. Period. This kind of thinking and obsessing is a form of suffering in itself. Jesus says in Matthew 5:44, Your heavenly Father makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. As much as we would like it to, the principles of human justice or fairness aren't honored by the inhuman universe, at least in the short term. As the poet Tennyson puts it, nature is red in tooth and claw. It's a cruel world. The value of reading about Job is that he's done the futile fretting for us. See, this realization frees us from guilt and confusion when we are suffering, which allows us to look elsewhere for comfort and consolation, including to other people. It also frees us when we're trying to console others from trying to come up with answers where there aren't any. When I was taking a training to become a volunteer hospice caregiver, a member of our class asked, what do you say to someone when they've just lost a loved one? Our teacher said without missing a beat, as little as possible. Thinking back now on my conversation with Joe, he hadn't reached out for someone to talk to or at him. He wanted someone to listen to him, to be with him. I'm sure he knew in his heart that whoever he talked to wouldn't have a magical explanation that would take away his grief. He needed another human presence. We are bound together through our humility. When it comes to suffering, death, and loss, we're all on an even playing field. I'd like to return to that Bible verse from 1 Corinthians that we began with that says that God never gives us more than we can handle. Once again, the full passage is, No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but with testing he will also provide you with a way out so you may be able to endure it. Now, I would challenge as misleading the first statement that no testing will overtake you that's not common to everyone. If we stop there, this is just an idle platitude that's not going to prove to have any lasting significance. As we've seen, some people face a lot more trouble in life than others. I think the real intent of that statement is that we are all tested by hardship, suffering, and loss in our lives, and eventually all of us are confronted with mortality, our own and our loved ones. It's inevitable. The important part of this passage is that we will not be tested beyond our strength because God will help us find a way out of it. God will provide us the tools to deal with anything we will ever face. 
I love that statement. God will provide a way out. Experience has taught me that this is absolutely true. I've witnessed that people are given strength proportional to the suffering that they face. That doesn't minimize suffering. It just means it isn't hopeless. As Paul says in Romans, suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. God does not cause us to suffer, but God does give us the endurance to get through any suffering and the tools to get through it. He helps us find a way out, an escape hatch. It sometimes amazes me to see that the people who have suffered the most exhibit the strongest faith. While sometimes struggling with or being angry with God during times of trouble, they usually find that God is the cure, not the cause, of their hardship. There may be some of you listening who question God's role in all of this. You may see the help that I am assigning to God as a form of inner strength. I'd ask you to reconsider the source of that inner strength. You may discover within your own heart the value of not having to take on all the troubles on your own. And I hope to make that a little more clear in the following. There are two kinds of escape hatches that help us endure whatever type of testing may be thrown at us, and they're both about relationships. The first kind of escape hatch is through relationships with other people. We can't go it alone, or at least we shouldn't have to. If we are suffering, it's vitally important that we turn to other people in our lives. If we isolate ourselves, which we often have a tendency to do, we are blocking one of the escape hatches from suffering. That's one of the reasons that the pandemic is so devastating. It's isolating. I know that some of us are proud, private people, but in trying times, we need to let others in. There is a message here for those of us who are not in the midst of tragedy or hardship right now. The message is there are people out there who need our help, who need our presence. There are probably people close to you in need. The greatest benefit that you have to offer, as I was talking about earlier, is just being a caring presence in someone's life. We have the opportunity and the obligation to be the way out for the Jobs and the Joes in the world. We have no excuse because there is no secret wisdom or special skill that we need to possess. To the contrary, we just need to be a humble presence who's ready to listen. Never underestimate the power of just showing up. We also may have opportunities to offer more tangible forms of assistance. For example, we can provide transportation to medical appointments for those who have a hard time getting there. We can help people 
set people up with available government and community services to provide financial assistance or meet other needs. During this time of COVID, we can offer to go to the grocery store, shopping for the elderly and at-risk people. Well, you probably already know this. I see it happening all the time. Little things, yes. Unimportant, no. Realize how important these little acts of kindness can be. This is why faith communities are so valuable. After I talked to Joe, I contacted a church in his hometown in Kentucky. The church secretary was excited to be given the opportunity to provide some assistance to Joe. Now, I can't know for sure, but that church may provide Joe with an escape hatch. God has been preparing that escape hatch for 2,000 years of the church. I said that there are two kinds of escape hatches that God opens for, for us in times of tragedy and that both have to do with relationships. The first is relationship with other people. The second is our personal relationship with God. Job found that out. He had an open and conversation, albeit painful, discussion with God. He complained and he argued. And despite all that, all that Job suffers, and despite all of his questioning, he's able to make a bold statement of confidence and faith. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. Now is always the right time to work on your relationship with God. If you are in dire straits, open up a conversation with God through prayer, meditation, and perhaps by reading the book of Job. You can be as blunt as you with God as you like. Open your heart and let God do the rest. Now, if things are pretty good for you right now, all the better. By establishing a relationship with God and developing your spiritual life, you will be pre-equipped to face the hard times when they come. Kind of like being pre-approved for a home loan. And consider seeking out a church community. You're welcome to contact me if you want to talk. I'll provide my contact information at the end of this podcast. Take a little self-assessment right now, though. What challenges are you facing that threaten to overwhelm you? You may already be painfully aware of what they are, then look for the escape hatches that God may be opening for you through other people or in direct relationship with God. And also, please consider how God may be preparing you to be that escape hatch for someone else. Let me end by going back one more time to what Paul said. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out 
so that you may endure it. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to contact me, go to www.jmfaithatwork.com where you can message me directly or connect through my Facebook link. For now, God bless you and keep you. May God make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace.